0: Well, we're talking to Jacob Lenzendorf of the KTVO uh, television sports director. Welcome to the program, Jacob.
1: Thank you, Dave. It's going to be back. It's playoff time.
0: Well, you've got uh, uh, your eyes on, uh, I think, three pretty specific matchups. Uh, could you uh, let our listeners know uh, uh, about these, these matchups that you're looking at?
1: Yeah, you bet. Uh, we'll start off in, uh, in two A for the playoffs this, this weekend. Um, one where we're gonna try to get somebody from KTVO to head to for that one. And that is Des Moines Christian who enters at four and four. Those those guys will travel to Centerville. So Centerville hosts a, a playoff game for the first time in over a decade, which which is what uh Coach Kovakovich was talking about. So those guys are all uh, jacked up and ready to go in Centerville because I mean they have a very winnable, winnable game. Des Moines Christian enters at four and four, uh, but it's going to be a challenge because if you look look at just the record on the surface, they're a 500 team. But Coach Kavakovich says these guys have a, uh, a tough district as well, just like Centerville does, and they have a very talented uh, two-way quarterback and a junior Tate Platt, who Coach uh, Kavakovich thinks is going to be playing on Saturday. Saturday's uh, in a couple of years here, but a little bit on Platt he's their leading rusher as well he's got three rushing touchdowns then through the air he's really really efficient I mean you don't see a guy with 25 touchdowns uh very often I think he only has two picks as well so Des Moines Christian is gonna be a big challenge uh for Centerville uh but it's nice for them he was saying they're usually the team that's on the road facing one of the one of the best of the best uh which is kind of a tough draw year after year so this home one will be a nice one to uh host for them and uh, the key for them kind of is what he was saying was just they got to get that run game going. In uh, all their wins, they basically have over 200 rushing yards um, this year. So when they get stopped in the ground, things get a little tough. Uh, the big guys up front have been doing a great, great job for them moving guys around. Um, and, yeah, bit their big red football has got a nastiness back to it, uh, Coach was saying. So, yeah, but if it gets to the point where they're on the outside uh, needing to throw a little bit because the Lions uh, stack the box, Coach Kavakovich is also – Pretty uh, comfortable with that. So that should be a good one on Friday from Centerville. And we're hoping to have somebody there for some highlights as well.
0: Well, I've been kind of highlighting Centerville myself. I'm I'm pretty high on them because they've really had a great season. I, I think they lost uh, Williamsburg, but uh, I'm going to forgive you for that. And right. uh, Centerville, or, and Sigourney, which seems like a, a, a team that is just rolling into the playoffs on fire. But tell me a little bit, so who are some of these leaders down here in Centerville? Yeah,
1: Centerville's uh, main guy is uh, also their own two-way two-way guy. He just who's more of a runner than a passer, um, a little bit here. Brody Tuttle is the the senior leader for them. He's got a uh, almost a thousand rushing yards. It looks like here this year, uh, a lot of touchdowns on both sides. And they got Griffin Weber, who's a senior playmaker on the outside as well. So those are their two main two main guys. But they also have uh, a plethora of other guys that can contribute. Um, if called upon. Also, their, one of their top rushers um, this year is Sam Hash, who's got 430 rushing yards on the season. So, yeah, they got some they got some guys over there this year. They're, they're ready to go. Coach said their offseason work is paying off, and that's really kind of what's gotten them to this point. And uh, the, the entire community is excited to host a, a playoff game this Friday.
0: Well, they're another one of these resurgent teams that uh, really had a, a great season. And it uh, looks like a uh, big big crowd over there, uh, an exciting community. But uh, what are some of these other games that you're also uh, getting coverage on?
1: Yeah, we're keeping an eye on um, Sager and Kyoto this week. Um, Sumner Fredericksburg obviously coming to town. Uh, Cougars 4 and 4, Sigurd and Kyoto 6 and 2, six wins in a row. Been talking about them all year, kind of here um because they're kind of the standard what it gets to gets to be around uh, the ktbo viewing area for for teams and having success um six wins in a row they're just running the ball really well they're playing great great defense um all all three facets of the game i've been to a lot of their games here this year um it just kind of matched. it's just kind of matched up that way that i've been um lucky enough to see those guys in action when they've been having success so uh, they picked up a big win against van buren county last week putting up 69 on the board um, they've scored over fifty their last three. Uh, obviously, playoff time. The uh, p- opponents are no walk in the park, so don't know about that. But they're they're going to keep trying to rush the ball, and uh, they're going to lean on that defense as well. Because Coach Coach Jensen, I talked to him last week. It sounds like they moved a couple guys uh, around after those first couple games. Yeah, to get him in new spots, maybe new chances to make some plays on defense. And he thinks that's really been the jolt that they've all needed there. Um on that side of the ball. And then obviously on the offensive side, you got Cole and who's just scoring touchdowns like it's his job, uh, which it kind of is, I guess, but he's almost got a thousand rushing yards on this season. So yeah, that's that's a well oiled machine and uh pretty pretty confident um that Sierra Kyoto can walk out of that one uh victorious here on
0: Friday. Well, uh uh that snake pit. Tell me, what's your impressions? Uh, uh, a lot of people think, you know, that's the toughest place to win. Other people think maybe Case Field over in Washington, but uh, I, I'm kind of a snake pit guy myself. That's a tough environment to win a football game in if you're on the road. And
1: Yeah, that is, that is, that's probably one of the best environments. Uh, me being from, from Wisconsin originally, we don't really put on uh, high school football shows like that. I mean, it really is kind of a show the way they do it there. Uh, Great like music atmosphere before the game. Uh, it just really gets you hyped up even as a as a spectator. So yeah, that's uh it's an intimidating place to play for opponents for sure. Um, not sure. If, uh, I don't think the the Cougars have ever been there, so they got a little bit of a surprise waiting. So that might give the Cobras an early advantage because yeah, the Snake Pit is a tough place uh, to walk out with a victory.
0: Well, what's this other matchup that you're looking at?
1: This one, uh, Moravia and Fremont Mills is the the last playoff game, uh, a couple of regular season ones. But Moravia travels to uh, Fremont Mills, the head on the road, uh, despite having one more win than the Knights. Um, so in that one, uh, not too much about Fremont Mills that we know about, but um, it's eight-man football, so obviously they're going to have some, some playmakers here. It looks like Fremont Mills rushes. Uh, quite a bit more than um, Moravia. But Moravia's got that, that two-man connection with Shane Helmick, who's the quarterback, one of the top numbers guys in the entire entire state, over 2,000 passing yards this year, unbelievably. And uh, his favorite target, over 1,000 receiving yards, Riley Hawkins. So, I mean, that's quite the connection. Um, after that loss to Southeast Warren, Moravia's rattled off two wins in a row with their defense just holding teams to six points. But, um, yeah that one should be a good one. Um, From Fremont Mills um, against Moravia. Moravia maybe the uh, maybe the more determined and uh, motivated team because I mean they probably thought they were going to get a home home playoff game. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that one kind of unfolds.
0: Well, Moravia really has been fun to watch this year, and uh, uh, I'll put my marker on them. I I think they're going to they're going to win this game even though it is on the road. Well, uh, before I let you go, uh, Atuma maybe has a little tiny, small mathematical chance, but they got a a real good chance of getting five wins and having their first winning season in quite a while. Uh, can you give us a little update on
1: that game? Yeah. A big win last week against Des Moines North. I was at that one, um, filming stuff for the news and they scored 32 points. I saw zero of it, but, uh, it was still a fun one, good atmosphere there. Um, got to see one of the best running backs in the state with Aaron Goncarian of, uh, of Des Moines North. But yeah, they got the win 32-20. Now they head to 2-6 and six Waterloo West, who's uh um maybe struggling a little bit here this year. But yeah, Tumla can win five games, uh, I think, for the first time since 2009, first winning record since then. So that'd be huge for their program, talking to Coach Goodwin. He said it just kind of sets the the standard that that's what they expect every year, year in, year out. And, they, and it gets the the youth programs more excited about seeing winning teams so that could be a big a big boost for uh for years to come here so best of luck to those guys on the road this week at waterloo west and then a small note where i'll be here this this friday uh also regular season action the final week uh fairfield and grinnell that's a big one from fairfield both teams enter four and four if grinnell wins i believe they are in if Fairfield wins and uh, Washington wins, I, I think I saw you talking to the uh, Washington coach. Is that right?
0: No, I did talk to him.
1: Yeah. So uh, that if they all if Fairfield wins and Washington wins, that creates a, a three-way tie for second place all behind Solon. Uh, and then it would come down to RPI uh, at that point. So that is one that I will be at. We have our KTVO tailgate tour. So if anyone's in the Fairfield area, we'll be out there from around – 4:30 to just about game time, and I'll head out after a few few plays in the uh, the first or second quarter. So that's one to keep an eye on for sure. Coach Wheaton is very excited for that one. Those guys have a chance, uh, pretty pretty solid chance to make it um, if they can get the win here. They just got to take care of business and then see where the chips the chips fall. But those guys could also go. Um, over 500 for the second year in a row. So that'd be huge for their program as well as they've been down a little bit here as of late besides last year. So uh, that should be a very fun one uh, with everything on the line uh, from Fairfield here this weekend.
0: Well, uh, that tailgate sounds pretty dang tempting uh, to be honest with you, but uh, let us listeners know how, how can we get all the scores and updates on KTVO uh, Friday night after all this exciting action?
1: Yeah, we, uh, we're gonna send a people. We haven't finalized who's going to where yet, but we will figure that out here in the next forty-eight hours, obviously. And then we just kind of pull pull scores, um, and we'll get all, all of our scores from our from our teams here this weekend uh, or this Friday here, I guess. Only only I think six scores that we got here this this week, so we'll have those on after we show the highlights. We'll get the highlights up. That all starts around ten fifteen on uh, KTVO ABC for our. Final edition of Gr- gridiron lights here as the season starts to wind down. It's been a very fun, fun season here so far. Hopefully some teams can, can extend their stay as long as possible and get a run to the dome here. Um, because uh, I don't know if I'm quite ready to have uh, football be over yet, but it's it's been fun regardless. So hopefully uh, best of luck to these teams here that are left from the, from our area.
0: Well, Jacob Linsendorf, KTVO, he'll have the scores and the highlights for you. Follow the guy on Twitter and Facebook because he he's got more highlights than he even shows on the, uh, uh, the news that you can see. Uh, and it's always great. Thank you for being with us, Jacob. Thank you, Dave. Well, we're talking to Nathan Piercy, KMCD radio, Fairfield, Iowa, voice of the Trojans. Uh, we thought, uh, we'd have him, uh, one of the media members chime in a little bit on his thoughts on, uh, maybe this little first round of playoffs and a little bit of what's going on in three a and, uh, uh, in the area as far as them trying to uh, get into the playoffs. Well, the program, Nathan. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, what's your thoughts? What games are you looking at maybe here in this first round? Uh,
2: well, just because of, you know, obviously none of the teams that I, I pay my most attention on are in, um, but one that I'm keeping my eye on definitely is the sigourney Kyoto game, and I'm I'm interested to watch to see how they play. You know, they started the season really slow, but have really turned it on here of late and and they've dominated here down the stretch but they've got another team in, in Sumner-Fredericksburg who sure they're four and four but they they can win games by big margins they like to uh but overall I mean the Sigurney Kyoto team I think they're the real deal and they're going to come out and prove that this week.
0: Well yeah sigurney is a a, a fine oiled machine probably no team is going into the playoffs uh, in better shape than they are, or uh, uh, just seemed with the with the sharp uh, uh, edge on their sword, like like Sigourney. They just roared into the playoffs. It was, uh, yeah, I I think that's going to be a good game. Uh, I'm going to try to maybe even be there myself for that game. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's a that's a pretty good pretty good uh, pretty good one to keep your eye on yeah and
2: and you know like you mentioned they're coming in just playing just out, outstanding and of course everything uh starts with the ground game ground game for those guys and uh you know when they put up as a team over uh, they would put up almost 2,500 yards of, of uh offense just on the ground and nearly 3,000 overall so this this offense is is just electric and and if you're playing on the defensive side and a team like this then you just have to think to yourself hey if we can get a couple stops maybe force the other team to kick a field goal our offense is going to do what they've been doing all year and that's nothing you know so if they can just do that defensively they know and they have the confidence in their offense that they can just roll people and that is huge going into the playoffs and especially Having that much confidence, that's what will be just absolutely huge for him
0: going in. And it won't hurt being in that snake pit. That's one of the toughest places to win a game at.
2: Yeah, uh, I haven't been there yet. I haven't had the chance to. Obviously, calling for a 3A school, we wouldn't see them. And uh, I'm I'm hoping that if Fairfield, unfortunately, doesn't make the playoffs, I may be, a, get a, be able to get a chance to go to – whether it's there or you know, a couple other places that are, are really nice places. And, you know, for once, just sit back and enjoy a, a football, a high school football game instead of, you know, calling it and having kind of that excitement go with it. But uh, I've heard a lot about SNK and, and and what kind of atmosphere they have there. That would be, be definitely one that I would like to go see. And so it should be an electric atmosphere. And I, I, see, I see them getting by pretty, I don't want to say easily, uh, because it's the playoffs and nothing really should come easy in the playoffs. But I, I think they'll take care of business that night.
0: Yeah, I think they can. They can probably get this one, and and uh, uh, they should be at least on the verge of going to the dome this year. I mean, they've already destroyed a, a number ten team in the country and beaten a, a a team then ranked number one in Pelo Christian. I mean, uh, I don't see any opponents up there. You know, maybe a West Branch or or a Van Meter or something at some point. Or well and, and it might uh, be a, a team that might be able to play uh, uh, pretty good with them but uh, uh, I would think that first couple of rounds they ought to advance yeah and I, I haven't seen the official bracket I've just seen
2: the the different matchups that are out there but if we see a rematch between Si and public Christian I mean that was a that game came down to the wire it was it was a close game. I think that would be an exciting one to see. Or maybe a team like Mediapolis, who's going against Central Le- or Central Decatur this week. But I think uh, Mediapolis would give them a bit of a run, too, uh, if they were to meet here in, in the later parts of October, even November.
0: Well, Mediapolis has a lot. You know, I mean, they have the best uh, punting recruit in the nation in this uh, Miller kid. Uh, they got Isley that runs really good. They got this Leopard kid that's a, a, a big, highly recruited. They got a good quarterback they got a good defense they got good wide receivers they, they are uh, uh, 7 and 1 only losing to West Branch uh, uh they they'd be a, they're they're a tremendous team but the the weird thing about it and I don't know if you know this but uh uh after the first round they are going to reset the pod. so nobody knows who they'd play oh
2: okay yeah i didn't i didn't know that so yeah i mean that i think that kind of i kind of like that and the fact that you can can get those big matchups and also try to avoid what you know a lot what should be a one and two seed basically making it all the way and i think that uh, that you could allow them to avoid that as well
0: well it would do one thing for you is you would wouldn't be thinking about who you played next
2: you know right yeah that, and that's that's something too because as, as much as these kids want to focus on right now you know they're they are still high school kids. It's it's almost impossible not to sit there and go, well, if we get here, then we got to look ahead to next week and and things like that. and Who might be on the horizon? You know, we see that in other sports where, um, just you know, thinking about my experience, you know, this past year in baseball, uh, our first round matchup, and I believe I actually talked to you before that game, but our first round matchup was Keokuk, and I think they kind of lost focus because they were already focusing on Davenport Assumption that would have been the following week. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it keeps that mindset out of it of, well, if, you know, who might we face next week and just focus on right here and now.
0: Yeah, you would be thinking about the next game you're going to play and forget to play the game you are playing. Right, exactly. But uh, well, what are, is there any other games around or?
2: Well, I, yeah, I mean, there's look, Waco is the second has been the second ranked team in the state all year and that eight player and. Uh, they're undefeated and really the only behind the uh, rims and St. Mary's in terms of the rankings. So that team, I'm not necessarily focusing on this game. I, I do think they'll handle Martinsdale, St. Mary's easily, but I'm, I'm interested to see what, what the rest of the playoffs will look like for this Waco team out of Wayland, because I, I believe that, that if any team in Southeast Iowa is, dome-bound, it, it would be if I had to pick one, it would be Waco.
0: I would agree. Uh, I've got what I call the three W's or the three Dubs, uh, West Branch, Williamsburg, and Waco. Uh, I, I think all three of them could get state titles. I think they're all that, that yeah. good. Uh, and yeah, I agree totally with Waco. Waco is probably the best area team, uh, or at least has the the the, the best chance of getting us Far or all the way in the playoffs, uh, although there's a, you know, you don't want to count a, a, a totally count out of Sigourney, Kyoto or uh, a couple other teams that could uh, uh, make some noise. Fellow Christian, right? Is a, is a team yeah. that you know right. that could make some noise? Uh, Minneapolis uh,
2: Yeah, and they won't. I'm just saying. I, all I'm I, I, what I am saying is that uh, Waco has looked incredibly good all year long and. When you talk, you know, I hear a lot of people when they talk about eight player, they talk about how there's no defense. And that is one thing that Waco actually does really well is that defense. And, you know, they not only do they put up a lot of points, but they don't allow very many. And they say offense wins games, defense wins championships. And I think they've got a chance to prove that.
0: I think they got three first team All-Staters on that team. Uh, they,
2: yeah, they might. I I haven't seen that. Um, or I guess I I, I didn't. I think I want to say they had a, a, quite a few last they had year. Two last um, year, Mason Miller yeah. and
0: uh, and Reniker. and then I think this Deers kid is a first team All State or two.
2: Yeah, and and you know, kind of going back to my point about their defense. Look, the most points that they allowed in a game was to Iowa Valley, and that was twenty six points. And while that may seem like a lot, it's really not, especially when you consider that game, they put up 54. And the lowest amount of points they put up in in a game is 42, which they did uh, looks like three times. So their offense scores a lot. Their defense is is pretty stingy. And uh, that could be a a lot of fun for them here going down the stretch.
0: Well, uh, Simeon Reichenbach, or as we call him, Schula Simeon Reichenbach is – just a, a touchdown fiend uh he just gets in the end zone I don't care what his other stats are the kid gets in the end zone and then he he kicks extra points he kicks field goals you know I mean he scored like 160 points all by himself
2: yeah and and he's been impressive all year and and that's gonna kind of add to the excitement too it's it's, it's a fun time and you know I think you and I talked about it uh going into last week's game is that and And off air right before we started this. this is the most exciting time of the year. It doesn't matter uh, who you root for because if as long as you're in an area where football is fun and 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 football is enjoyed, which I believe is the entire state of Iowa, if I'm being honest. But uh, it's it's not only an exciting time, but it's also, you know that your nerves are up, everything is heightened. And it just adds to that excitement. That is high school football.
0: Well, let's talk a, a little Trojans and their path to the playoffs. Uh, I know there's a, a, there's a good chance for a three-way tie and you're looking at the fourth and fifth, uh, scenario uh, uh, game decider on that. What What is going on? What is Fairfield going to do to get to the playoffs?
2: Yeah, they're, they're going to need some help now. I'm, um, I, I, First off, obviously they have to beat Grinnell this week. That's that's first and foremost. Other than that, they're easy. So if they win, their easiest route is that West Burlington beats Washington, and Fairfield will take the second spot here in uh, their district. If they beat Grinnell and Washington wins, there's a three-way tie there for that second spot in our district. I believe I'm, obviously I obviously I don't know this for sure, and we won't know until afterwards, but. I believe the RPI would favor uh, Grinnell in that, and that would force Fairfield to, to try for that for one of those outside spots. And unfortunately, I don't think that they would make the, the top 16 there, uh, given, the, given some of their opponents' records are pretty low. So, again, the easiest and most direct route, you win against uh, Grinnell this week to end your season. And West Burlington, who just upset Ke- Keokuk, now upsets Washington and plays a little bit of spoiler.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, and, and that could very well happen. I mean, West Branch uh, uh, put it to Mount Pleasant, they, they put it to Keokuk, and uh, uh, they seem to be healthy and uh, they got a lot of talent. They might be able to, to do that. Uh, but I do believe you guys got a pretty good chance against Cornell. Tell us a little bit about that game.
2: Yeah, that one, uh, it should be a good one. And, you know, one thing that is concerning for Fairfield is the last two weeks they've struggled to stop the run. Grinnell likes to run the ball a lot. So it's going to be another tough test for this Fairfield defense. And, you know, it's interesting. You look at these last two games and the Fairfield defense that has been playing strong all year long is now starting to struggle a little bit. And, And although their offense has been picking things up, so, when you, when you look at this Fairfield team, you, you know the names of Tate Allen and Max Wheaton, which is rightfully so because these guys uh, are, are just incredible. I mean, Max is, I believe, tied for first or possibly all loaded first in Class 3A in terms of touchdown receptions. Uh, both, both Tate and Max are in that upper echelon in pretty much every statistic. What, it, what, it, what you need to look for now is the role-playing guys, guys like Talon Bates, Kaysen uh, Miller, who we saw in the extended role with uh, this past game, Miles McEntee, guys like that to really start to step up like they did in that West Burlington game to really help out with the offensive side. If they can do that, this team can be poised for a, a decent playoff run, but they have to get that help and not just rely on Tate Down and Max Wheaton. Well, it's
0: been a few years since we've been in a playoff run. In fact, it wasn't until Nathan Piercey stepped behind the microphone that uh, the team actually started winning some games. So, yeah, I don't,
2: I don't want to say it was uh, because of me, but it, I, it, I don't know if it's uh, necessarily correlation or or causation, but it's been exciting. You know, I, I didn't know coming in that the team had done as poorly as they did, as they had been. Um, but once I, you know, when I got here and started calling their games last year, they went i believe five and four if i if i remember correctly and then uh this year they're currently four and four so they went from you know the two years before i got here winning one total game to now winning nine maybe ten it's uh in those in those two years since i've been here it's been pretty exciting to watch
0: No, it's been a uh year of the resurgent teams you know Uh, yeah you look at a tumwa uh they're they're quite resurgent uh Van Buren County won went in three games. That's a, a little better than you would have expected. Pekin comes back from a no-win season to go three and four at home. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, Columbus uh, uh, ends a, a 20-plus year drought and and heads to the playoff. Uh, Winfield Mount Union makes the playoffs in eight-man football for the first time. Uh, you know, uh, Central League, uh, they're going to the playoffs, and they hadn't won a game in three years. So, uh you know, it's a, a lot of, a lot of ships are getting right. Look at Burlington, you know, they were lost yeah. in the woods for decades. And then all of a sudden now they're a big powerhouse, uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's been a pretty great year. Have you enjoyed your, your, your season sitting back and watching football?
2: Yes, I have. It's been exciting. And, you know, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting once, once the senior class moves on, you know, specifically talking Fairfield, because, the two guys that just mentioned are are definitely out, and obviously there's more as well. But um, you know, it's it's been it's been an, a roller coaster, and and something that's been exciting for me is that Fairfield in five of their eight games has been one score games. You take out their game uh, with West Burlington, excuse me, Solon and uh, Mount Pleasant, and the the rest of their games are all within a touchdown of in the final score so each game has come down to the wire it's been very exciting and you know watching those two watching especially those two guys you know i mentioned i got the numbers pulled up now tate allen tied for the most touchdowns overall in class 1a uh, He is also third in passing touchdowns wheaton has the most receiving touchdowns in class 3a so these guys are kind of putting on a show to, uh, each and every night and and the team as a whole has been much more exciting to watch than uh, a few years ago. So yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. And again, I hope they make the playoffs, but if they're going to need some help.
0: Well, uh, I'll tell you what, I got a story to tell your team here. Uh, This was uh, gosh, maybe 30 years ago or something. I had a young wife and we, uh, I got her tickets to see Steve Perry at the uh, uh, Burlington Memorial auditorium. And this was Uh a terrible, terrible snowstorm. I mean, a blizzard. Uh, in fact, they closed down the bridge, so nobody from Illinois could go to the show. But uh, wow! And I got to Burlington, and the the snow was piled up on both sides of the street. And I couldn't really control my car very good, and I started bouncing back and forth on the the, the snow banks. But we got there, and we got and when we, we got in there, Steve Perry came out on stage. You know what he said? He said, "Don't stop believing." <laughs> so if you guys don't stop believing and just do what you can do, get out there and win that game. Uh, right. Really look, if you play like you did last week outside of the the last, uh, uh, quarter there, you ought to, uh, you really look, look great in that game and you, you were going to be, uh, uh, I think you're ready to, I think you can beat Grinnell. Uh
2: I think, you know, Grinnell is definitely down from last year and, uh, you know, so some there were a couple poor mistakes made throughout the game last week, and uh, also just some odd bounces. But those go your way, and you're looking at a completely different score. So the good news is they're being they're they're keeping themselves in the game each and every week. And uh, you know, it's it makes again it makes for an exciting play. And again, if you, if you take care of your business, maybe get a little help and a little luck, and you're in. Well,
0: what well, you'll be behind the microphone again. Let our listeners know how they can follow this game through YouTube, through KMCD, through the uh, Terrestrial Radio, through through the website. Well, how, how can we How can we follow this game?
2: I be- Well, first off, I believe the uh, Fairfield School District does have a stream of some sort. I'm not entirely sure where that is. Uh, but if you want to listen to it on the radio, our station is 95.9 uh, KKFD on the FM side. Uh, So if you're in range and you can get that, that's great. If you want to listen to it online, you go to our website, com, and there's a listen button. You click that, and again, we'll start off uh, Radio Iowa Scouting Force, 7 o'clock. Our pregame interview with the the head coach, Nate Wheaton, at 7.15ish, and then kickoff is scheduled for 7.30. It's senior night here in Fairfield, and it should be a great night.
0: Yeah, it's going to be – so at least you got uh, one more home game. It seemed like you had a pretty tough home schedule this
2: year. Uh, but yeah, but it's nice, to, it, it's nice to have a, the, the tough schedule at home to where you're you're more comfortable and, and you don't have to deal with a tough schedule and, and drive a long distance. You know, having both Solon and Grinnell coming down here instead of making those long treks like we did last year, I think it will help them, especially with, uh, Grinnell and, and needing that way. And I think it'll definitely be a lot better now that it's at home.
0: Well, I bet it'll be a big crowd. And uh, the season goes by awful quick, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it does. And, you know, it, while we talk about a grind of a, of a nine-week season and how long it can be, it can also go by very quickly. And we're seeing that uh, this week.
0: Well, uh, it's, it's always great to talk to you, Nathan, and thanks for being with us. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, it's playoff time. We've got a lot of matchups to talk about. We've got a guy that can help us talk about at least some of these. We've got Mitch Eslick. Uh, he's part of the Thunder Country uh, radio network. What, what's the, the call letters for the station you call for?
3: Yeah, ninety six uh, seven KIIC, Thunder Country. And we'll actually uh, be on the main station for the radio side this uh, week uh, for the, our first round playoff game. And uh, and then uh, this, the live stream's great, uh, the video uh on the thunder country uh, uh website and they have the the streaming on the roku and fire stick amazon fire stick as well so a lot of ways to get to it on on thunder country
0: well last time you i talked you talked to me about that roku app and i downloaded it and now i got it right on the on the roku tv i got and uh uh it makes life so easy
3: yeah it's just like watching it on tv honestly i mean we people tell us that every week they're like eh, it's just like watching a game on tv so yeah really really good stuff
0: so are they going to have video for the playoffs? I know you got to pay a fee to, to broadcast. Yes,
3: Joe Joe at Thunder Country said he's paying it, and so we'll be we'll be on for at least that first one and then kind of see what happens uh, depending on, uh, I think any home game we'll have for sure on, on the video, and then uh, uh, we'll see what happens if we have to go on the road somewhere.
0: I'm such an admirer of Joe and everything he's done over there at Thunder Country. He just does it at a, at a level nobody else is doing it, and he's been doing it for yeah, years know. Yeah. Uh, as I watch 100%. some of these other other people put it together, and it takes a little while to get it going and get things figured out, and I'm like, man, uh, uh, Thunder Country's been doing it so well for so long. But regardless, let, let's uh, quit with the small talk and get right to the to the meat and the potatoes. Uh, you got some uh, – what areas what, – what level of uh, – was it 1A you're going to focus on?
3: Yeah, we'll focus on 1A uh, kind of in our area, uh, obviously – um, I'll talk first about uh, SK, the team that that uh, Lee and I cover every uh, Friday night. That's the team that, that I know the most about, um, and uh, uh, they did get the number one seed in District Six, and so they'll host uh, Sumner Fredericksburg uh, on Friday night. A little bit of surprise, uh, you know. The Cobras had District Six wrapped up going into week number eight, uh, and uh, so Lee and I were trying to play a little prognostication, keep an eye on some scores as our game went on Friday night. And, uh, uh, we really thought that uh, with the Durant loss that they would not be coming back to town. Uh, that's the Covers played first round of the playoffs a year ago. Uh, but when we saw Saturday morning that it was going to be summer Fredericksburg, that was that was a surprise. So uh, kind of did a little bit of a uh, uh, looking on them. It looks like a, a nice solid team. They had a really good win over Denver earlier in the year, uh, and they did get fourth obviously in their in their district. But it's pretty competitive. Um, they had a loss to um, Columbus uh, Catholic on Friday night that kind of bumped him down a little bit in the, in the standings all the way down to, to four. So uh good team. Uh, and I think the Cobras will have to play good football to, to get by them, but they're, they're certainly a favorite, especially uh, at home.
0: Well, I, I talked to some members of the media and they were hoping you would play somebody that's, uh, that the, the name was easier to spell.
3: Yeah, yeah. Right. I know. Yeah. That's what, uh, <laughs> Uh, a lot of. I had to look it up once when I was trying to type it out to somebody because yeah, it's quite the, that's quite the name.
0: Well, uh, I already talked to Coach Jensen and he seems to have uh, already got the film and and started looking at them. Do you do you know much about this team?
3: Yeah, you know, I, I personally haven't uh, watched any of the film yet on them, uh, but I know that um, you know the coaching staff there. They're probably already deeply dove into it and and they'll have a pretty good idea. It looked to me like a pretty solid team defensively, a lot of low scoring games. Uh, they maybe have a little bit of a hard time scoring against some of the better opponents, uh, but it uh, looks like a, a, a team that's going to try to grind it out and, and try to uh, keep it low scoring. And you know the Cobra offense has been uh, on fire here of late, uh, just racking up points three straight weeks, 50 plus uh, points. And so uh, it'll be a tall task for Sumner Fred, but um, you know, it's a different team, a team that the Cobras haven't seen. Uh, and so I think that that'll it'll be a little bit of a feeling out process probably early in the game. But uh, like I said, uh, Cobras, you know, as a number one seed, uh, you'd think that they'd be a pretty solid favorite. But, uh, you know, that's why they play the games, right?
0: Well, Cobras uh, really played well at when you need to play well at the end of the season. They they seem to be probably one of the the, the teams that's going into the playoffs with as much momentum as any team
3: yeah, I would agree. Uh, definitely playing their best football. A lot of new pieces to fit in. That was a little bit of an issue early in the year, uh, but they've got that sorted out, and uh, kids are playing with a lot of confidence. And uh, you know that Pella Christian win uh, was huge for their confidence, and ever since then it's been you know like an engine that's just that's just fired on all cylinders, and uh, uh, really uh, really looking good and playing well, and and a lot of confidence uh, for for the Cobras right now.
0: Well, you played a lot of a lot of a really good teams both teams you lost to, uh, made it to the playoffs.
3: So, yeah, uh, I mean that, yeah, I mean, you know, the Cobras played, you know, all three, uh, non-district games were playoff teams. And obviously three teams in our district. So six out of the eight games were against playoff teams. Uh, so battle tested for sure. And, uh, uh no shame in any of those losses early in the year, but I think that if uh, the way the Cobras are playing right now, uh, they played them early, again. Uh, I, I think that, uh, got a chance to be eight no but um but that's neither here nor there and uh, they're only focused on that first round game against summer fred and uh, uh trying to trying to just advance so one week at a time whatever it takes
0: well to be honest with you i don't care what the records are i'd take uh Sigurdie going into the playoffs is if i could just have any team they look like uh the team that's ready to roll and uh plus they've got this uh, x factor which is the snake pit uh, how rockin do you think that is and what kind of advantage is it for Sigourney Kyoto to be at home
3: yeah that'll be huge i mean you're guaranteed the first two games at home being a district champ uh, if you can win friday night you will get another one at home and it's a huge advantage i mean they've they've used that to their to their uh, you know the last 2 years uh, they you know have won You know, uh, five consecutive playoff games at home. You know, the loss last year was at Dyke New Hartford on the road. And then the loss the year before was at the Dome against uh, um, Cooper DeGene and crew. And uh, so they haven't lost a home playoff game. They've used that to their advantage. And uh, uh, I think it's going to be a a beautiful night, it sounds like, on Friday. It's going to warm back up. And uh, I'm sure there'll be a huge crowd from Sigourney and Kyoto out to support the boys. And uh, uh, they deserve it. And yeah, it'll surely be rocking in a great atmosphere for playoff football.
0: Well, uh, what are some of the other area games that our listeners might be
3: interested in? Yeah, I'll kind of run you through some of the teams that that we that I've seen. Uh, you know, the team that we thought was coming to our place that we played week one, Durant. Uh, they're a number four seed. They're going up to MFL Barback uh, to play them. And uh, that's one I'd keep my eye on a possible upset. Uh, Durant's got a really good team. That district that they were in was just, just a meat grinder. Uh, just four, actually five really good teams. You know, Wilton's a solid team. They're sitting at home uh, here this week, um, in the playoffs and, uh, you know, you lose to West Branch, Mediapolis and Regina, there's no shame in that. So that's a really good football team. Uh, MFL Marmite's can have their hands full, uh, with them, uh, in round one, uh, Pella Christian, um, you know, they, they're a really good team. Uh, I really like their chances, uh, to, to win a game or two, uh, here in the playoffs. And obviously they'll reshuffle the deck after this round. Uh, but they're really, really good. Uh, and then the other couple, couple teams that we saw, that, that'll be underdogs. Um, Pleasantville will be a really big underdog against Van Meter. Uh, you know, they're they're a title contender won uh, long and a year ago. Uh, and then uh, Central Decatur um, as well. You know, we didn't see the best of what Central Decatur had. Um, but I do think that uh, they have the potential uh, to do some good things. So, uh, you know, we saw a lot of playoff football teams in 1A. Um, you know, we'll, we'll keep a close eye on some of the other scores. It'll be a, a two or three seed that the Cobras will see if they can win on Friday night. Um, you know, Mediapolis and Regina will keep a pretty close eye on both of their respective games, uh, who they've got and, uh, um, and and keep an eye on it. But, you know, I I think this time of year, um, you know, anything can happen. Uh, and that's kind of why I think the state waits to see how these first rounds go and then uh, try to pot up four teams in a somewhat geographical location, uh, uh, and uh so yeah we'll know a lot more about kind of the other teams in the area after uh, friday night uh, and, and like i said cobra's got to take care of business first and then uh and then go from there
0: well mediables is a team that that uh, uh should give central decatur uh quite a bit uh, they just have a lot of weapons down there with mm-hmm. Isley and uh, uh this miller kid that's the best uh, putting prospect in the nation mm-hmm. uh, uh, tell me what do you know about this Van Meter? I I'd seen him rated rated uh, uh, first in some polls. Uh, oh, you you think they are uh uh worth that saying compared to West Branch or something?
3: Yeah, you know actually that's funny because Lee and I had that conversation on Friday night. Uh, you know if you had to, you know, if you had twenty bucks to throw in the lottery you can only take one team to win it who you got uh between van meter and west branch and and he said van meter and i think i probably tend to agree uh, west branch has been, looks really good as well you know they won that really competitive district but uh van has got one loss on the year they lost to williamsburg no shame in that we know they're a really good team uh, up a class uh and uh um you know they just got a lot of returning talent they wanted a year ago they've been at the dome the last handful of years and uh, they've built something really good there and uh uh, that'll be a team that I think the Cobras would love to not see uh, in their pod if they can win on Friday. Uh, but when you got them to the West, you got West Branch to the, to the East, um, you know, uh, it's going to be tough to avoid them both. So, uh, so that'll be interesting to see a couple of really good teams kind of in this area, a couple of teams that I think are probably uh, title contenders. Then you know, you know, you always got talent in Northwest Iowa. I don't you know follow that quite as close, but uh, you know, West Sioux had quite a run, and I know they're pretty solid again this year, and Underwood has a good team out in Southwest Iowa, and so a lot of talent in the state, obviously, and, uh, uh, you know, like you said, we'll know a lot more uh, after Friday night, and hopefully the Cobras can win, and we keep paying close attention to it.
0: Well, I know nothing about Van Muter, but I know a lot about uh, West Branch. In fact, uh, uh, we've interviewed their coach, uh, and uh <clears> coach. <throat> Uh, I've seen them play and uh, uh my my 20 would be on them uh, yeah
3: yep. mm-hmm. they' they're, they're very good
0: I got what I call the three devs uh Williamsburg West Branch and waco they're, yeah. Yeah. The, they're, they're the that that's my trifecta for the
1: uh, yeah
3: that's there's a lot of talent all three of those schools for yeah we know <laughs> that for sure
0: but uh um it's gonna be sure exciting uh is is that about uh where you're at with the Teams
3: that's in your area? Yeah, that's about all I got. Yeah, you know, and, and like I said, we'll you know, it's hard to know right now just because you don't know who's going to go where after this round and, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, those are, those are kind of the 1A, you know, teams that we've been keeping an eye on and then, yeah, like we said, we'll it'll be a lot clearer picture uh, after on, on Saturday morning when uh, you see, you know, first who who wins, who are the 16 winners in 1A, and then kind of how does the state split them up, and uh, you know they made some surprises in these first round matchups. There's some long trips, be Durant to MFL Mar-Max, a Hall, uh, Senator Fredericksburg down here is a hall, uh, so there's some drives. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how they they do it, and I think they want to try to get the four best teams to the dome, and so it'll be interesting to see kind of how they how they uh, have things uh, looking after uh, after this Friday night's games.
0: Well, how can we listen to uh, uh, this game through the Thunder Country? Boy, get that app on your TV, and you got it made. But yeah, that's uh, the best. Time that's the best the way to do it. And and that there's going to be video. And uh, uh, if they can't get to the Snake Pit, I bet people are. Wa- I got people telling me they're watching in Illinois. They're watching in Texas. They're 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 watching clear out in Washington State. I mean, yep. Pe- people that don't live around here still love to watch the Cobras, don't they?
3: Yeah, we get texts and messages every week from people all over the country watching Cobra football. And like you said, Joe's the best. He makes it easy. It runs smoothly. And uh, um, yeah, you can you can do it. You know, the Roku is the best way, or your Amazon Fire Stick, whatever you got, uh, through the TV. Uh, but you can get get it on the computer. You can stream it on your phone. Uh, and like I said, this week you can listen on the radio as well, ninety six seven. Uh, to the game. And so, yeah, a lot of options to do it. And uh, we're uh, we're really excited uh, for another playoff run. Hopefully it'll be a deep one and uh, it'll all get started Friday night uh, uh, on Thunder Country. And yeah, and if you can get to the game and cheer on the boys, even better.
0: Well, we've been talking to Mitch Islick. He's uh, one of the Thunder Country uh, uh, microphone jockeys that they got out there uh, telling you about the game. Coach, I hope you save a, a little breath for the basketball season.
3: Yeah, and right? I know. It'll be that time soon. It feels like an outsider this week. So,
0: All right. Well, thanks for being with us, and we'll be talking to you again, I'm sure.
3: Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Bye.
0: Well, we've got Andy Kretzinger of the Southeast Iowa Union, and we're talking playoff matchups, uh, at least in the Southeast Iowa Union area. Welcome to the program, Andy. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, you said you got your pencil out, and you've, you've uh, uh, made a list and checked it twice. Yeah, basically, at least I at least got my brain
4: out
0: whose weekend's going to be naughty and who's going to be nice, I guess. So, yeah, let's just get right into it. Yeah, for
4: sure. Well, we've got six teams. uh, They're starting the playoffs this weekend. Obviously, we saw our big schools that are in the bigger classes that are um, that are um, still fighting for a chance. But um, our six teams, we got three of them are an eight, man, so it's easier to, to start there and um, you know, um, out of the local district, our our union area got three of the four playoff spots out of. I think it's district six, maybe in class eight, man. Um, so Waco, uh, undefeated district champions. Um, they um, are now seeing on primer. They're hosting. They're hosting Martin Saint Marys, um, which is a team that they're not really familiar with. But I think they, that's that's the field that they played um, on this year. So though they're at least. Um, familiar with the coaches and stuff over there. And Marsdale the St. Mary's was their uh, third place in that um, district with, I believe, maybe Moravia and Southeast Florida. So uh, Waco will certainly be a favorite in that. And then the other two teams have to go on the road. Uh, New London goes to Gladbrook Ryback, which is the, the very place that they started their playoff run in 2018 when they won the state championship on fact, I remember being there on a little cold night. Um, and But that's a... Uh, we have them around six in the um, Gazette poll, and then Winfield Mount Union's got Don Bosco, which is ranked number three in the Gazette poll. So you know, I, I think that those are games that both teams can compete in, both teams could win. But those are ranked teams, pretty tough uh, opponents for those two.
0: Well, they're pretty tough teams too. You know, I mean, uh, uh, anybody from that eight-man uh, conference is going to be tough just because of this, just because of their schedule. So it's nothing for them to play a, a, yeah. a top ten team, really.
4: Yeah, yeah, and you know. Um, so Don Bosco is obviously the, you know, one of the juggernauts of eight, eight man. You they're, they're the team you probably think of first and foremost when you think of the eight main powers, but, um, you know, they, they beat Gladbrook by three, uh, at the end of the year. Um, and I think they've beaten, uh, maybe English Valley. So they've beaten some really good teams, but close, you know, and in some years, Don Bosco is so good. They're beating teams by 70, 80 points, you know, they're just killing teams. And So, which they did do a lot, but I as the athletes to go out there and it's a really hard place to play you're out in the literally the middle of nowhere you're, you're parking in grass and it's almost like you know it's a field out in out in the darkness you know when it's cold and um we went up there i went up there to watch new london uh play i think the year after they won state they lost up there at don bosco the next year but uh but i think winfield can definitely compete that's honestly the the local district here is a little better than the one that don bosco and Rhinebeck play in now of course Bosco and Ryan back win by, you know, 60 points or whatever, but um, I definitely don't think it's like a walkover game, you know, as a lot of years with Don Bosco, you're going up there, you're basically going up there to, you know, have some fun and go home with a 50 point loss.
0: Well, I don't think that would, will be the case, but uh, yeah. I think it's a good game. Scotty Melvin and I got to see Don Bosco's baseball team when they came yeah. to uh, Sigourney and uh, uh, they had the really nice looking uniform, really nice looking and, bunch of great big boys, too, so... Um, yeah, they're always a
4: big school, and I love that they're the Dons, right? Which is just a sweet heat thing, so they got a lot working for them.
0: Yeah, it uh, it, it looks good on their jerseys, but... Uh, oh, I'm sure they'll be ready to play. They're an awful good team, and uh, they teeter-totter with uh, Waco on second and third spot on a lot of pulls, so...
4: Yeah. but uh, Yeah, yeah they, they flip back and forth a little bit.
0: Well, what else we got? Um, and then our other three, we've
4: got, uh, of course... Um, Sager and they earned a home game against a uh, fourth-place team, and um, I believe Sager and Mequita uh, is that—that's Sumner-Fredericksburg, right? Yeah. Uh, which is going to be the hardest—the uh, hardest team to continue to, to spell right because it's Sumner and then Fredericksburg's all—all all wacky. So I did a little bit of research on them. You know, they got fourth in their district, and they didn't play many close games. The teams that they beat, they killed, and the teams that beat them kind of killed them. So. Uh, but you know it is a fourth place team. and Kyoto is a heavy, heavy favorite at bat, so uh, you never know. And I always say that Sikkim Kyoto is also a really tough team to play in the playoffs, even if they were the favorite, because you have to adjust to a whole new style of, of offense that your your defense has to adjust to. And then um, as uh, we already got Waco, uh, Mid Prairies up to Northeast, which is a River Valley team, but as a team that they don't play in the district, side, I look back the last few years to see. It. Um, at but I would say the playoff games, the Mid Prairie Northeast game is probably be be the closest anyway. Uh, Mid Prairie should be a little bit of they may technically they should be an underdog because they're on the road. They're at uh, third place against the second place, but according to BC ranking, BC more rankings, uh, Mid Prairie is a little bit of a favorite in that one. So, and um, we'll see if they can. Um, Pullano in there, and then let's see. We got um, oh, and then Columbus. And Columbus didn't win the district. You know they lost that game against Albarnet, but they did enough this year to get a home game. And so um, Columbus is at home. And let's see who they play. It. I uh, had it in my brain a second ago. Let's see, Class A, Class A. You remember Columbus? Uh,
0: I'm, the the phone signal isn't the greatest. I'm having struggling all day long with that.
4: oh uh, uh, sorry. I'm, a, I'm trying to recall who Columbus drew. They drew a third-place team. Columbus is a second-place team. I just
0: talked to and the coach, too. Let me see here if I can find it. Does, um, uh, looks uh, like Mount Marquette Valley. Yeah, yeah, Maqu- yeah, Maquoketa. Maquoketa Valley, right? Maquoketa
4: Valley. Uh, that, yeah, yeah, Maquoketa Valley. So uh, another team that's not a very uh, familiar one. None of these teams are familiar teams. You could make an argument that Northeastern familiar teams. Because
0: you know they're semi-low. Wow, we're really banging. We're having some terrible connection. Um, Let me uh, let's start. Let's let's uh, start again. Uh, stay tuned, folks. I'll get this technical difficulty straightened out. Yeah. So we're back from our technical difficulties. What what do you think about the Valley? Uh,
4: so I haven't been able to scout Makoka Valley too much. The big thing is that, you know, we knew that when Columbus played that, that Albert that game for the district championship, that it's the difference between playing a, a third and a fourth place team. And that's a pretty huge difference. Um, you know, since they've done uh, these games, these these um, games where the one plays the four and the two versus the three, it used to just be two teams from each district in all classes. And then they've kind of, you know, fudged around with it a little bit. Um, the one versus the four is like a 98% type thing, you know, and the two versus three is, is a lot closer. So it's a lot tougher of a game than they – would have gotten if they would have beaten Al Burnett, but um, Columbus should still be favored in that. Um, you know, obviously they run the ball a lot with a bunch of different people, so um, they should be able to hopefully put up some points there and and, and get that going. And then um, after Columbus, if, if Columbus could get through Maquokan Valley, then they're in a question mark on whether they get a home game or not. I guess they probably wouldn't technically be supposed to get a home game because um, at that point most of the home games would be at the one seat, but. Um, so this might be Columbus's last home game. Um, I think the tiebreaker might be uh, forward alphabetical. So maybe that might be wrong, but um, teams like Waco and Sigur should be able to earn another. Yeah. So oh, is Columbus it backwards
0: alphabetical? It's backwards. So
4: Waco's in good shape. Columbus may have to take the bus. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. And that means Sigur is in pretty good shape. And, well, and Columbus might have to take the bus anyway, because it's a two seat versus uh, you know, versus getting the one seat, so, um, hold on here, oh, I might have to, uh, oh, maybe not, I got a smell coming from this car here, just making sure I'm okay, um, yeah, (laughs) um, well, there we go, um, yeah, anyway, so, sorry, I had a little bit, uh, I was, I'm driving by some farm equipment, I'm making sure that the smell is coming from that, not my car, but, um, anyway yeah it should be fun and and we'll see uh we'll see if some teams can get it done and and i think that they go into pods after this um so we should be able to know a little bit more of their um of their thing but
0: yeah Well, I hope we don't have another pass out moment uh, yeah i don't think it's a pass out moment.
4: i think it's a car moment so i don't know maybe it's <laughs> talking about high school sports makes you do this right but yeah. um but, uh, well
0: uh uh I think Columbus is going to look good, and I think it's going to be tough to uh, to to travel that far and go into that Columbus uh, uh, home field and play, because I really think you're going to see, I don't know, that was a big, big crowd that was there last weekend, and I can't see it being any any less, maybe even oh, man. this weekend.
4: Those playoff crowds are going to be huge. I don't know how parking is going to be at the, I mean, you know, between Sincrony Kyoto, Laco, Columbus. Um, those are, those are huge, huge crowds that are going to come out. I mean, you know, mid Prairie kids, mid Prairie is going to travel like crazy to Northeast, um, new London. I've, you know, we, we've went to a lot of road games with them and, and they're going to travel Win, Winfield hasn't been in, you know, a, a big playoff game like this in a while. And, and they're going to probably be filling up that, that grass parking lot that Don Bosco has. So it should be fun. And I think that honestly, I think that all six teams have winnable games. Um, even even Winfield, who's obviously the the least favorite of of all six, um, so uh, you know I'm not going to say they are going to go six to zero or anything, but I think that we should have some competitive games, which is really cool.
0: Yeah, that's it's going to be a, it's going to be a, an exciting Friday night. Uh, you got any anything else you wanted to bring up before we let you go, or?
4: Um, let's see. Well, I will I will say that you know we're talking about the small schools. There are big uh, regular season big school games at the end of this week. Um, we have, you know, all three of our big schools are in with Mount Pleasant, Fairfield, and Washington are all playing. Mount Pleasant's game in North Scott is, you know, it doesn't really matter for any playoff seeding. But um, Washington, because they beat uh, Fairfield, is in a position where they could possibly get in, and Fairfield too. And both of them would really like Fairfield to beat uh, Grinnell. Grinnell's got second place right now unless Fairfield beats them. And those are two automatic qualifier positions. So if Fairfield beats Grinnell and Washington beats West Burlington, Notre Dame, then you're getting into a big uh, three-way tie situation. Um, and, and and for Fairfield fans, if Fairfield wins and then West Burlington can upset Washington, and they did that to Keokuk last week, uh, then Fairfield would actually get in because it would just be a head-to-head tiebreaker with them and Grinnell. So um, those two teams are not dead uh, yet as far as... Um, and then the three-way tie is the RPI, which right now Grinnell's sitting ahead of, I believe. But um, it should be really, really sketchy with the math coming down to that. So it might not just be these six. We might get uh, Fairfield or Washington, probably not both. Will um, could could sneak in at the end of this, and then hopefully we'll have a seventh team there.
0: So, is there a scenario where two of these three teams—Grinnell, Fairfield, and Washington—get in the playoffs? There are scenarios, but
4: the, so all three of them are kind of you know mid mid level in the RPI. Um, most of the times, so so what happens is in the bigger classes there are three automatic. Um, well, no, there's two automatic bids for each district. And then your third-place teams or even fourth-place teams could get in if they have enough high, high enough RPI. But that's usually, you know, um, either you're playing really big schools at the beginning of the year or you're undefeated or whatever in the non-district. And that wasn't the case. You know, Fairfield had that loss to Atumwa, which, you know, that's a, that's an example of of a non-district game that matters in the playoffs because that could be the difference right there if they would have beaten Atumwa or... Um, you know, or on the flip side, if they were to sneak in, you know, they had that game against uh, Knoxville, and then um, Fort and then what?
0: Real, real, close game. They could have won that.
4: Yeah, yeah. And then same with you know, Washington lost to Clear Creek, Umana. So those those North uh, non-district losses definitely hurt when it comes to that, because there are other districts out there where they're so strong that you know the top three teams are pretty high up in RBI. So that so they're probably we would probably not get a third team in. Um I think when I last checked them, they were all within like the you know, the 18, 19, 20 range, which isn't usually what's going to get you the RPI in um, a field of 16. So um, we'll see. And I think, uh, I'm not sure if the new RPI is out uh, right now, but all th- three of those teams are really close together. Um, it seems like Grinnell has a little bit of the edge with talking to people and just kind of look at the numbers and stuff. Uh, but then again, if Grinnell has the edge right now and Fairfield beats them, then that could really shake it up. So um, it, it'll be, uh, it'll be one of those things where you're watching on Saturday morning for the rankings to come out.
0: Well, it's uh... It's sure gonna be an exciting Friday night. No matter what what team you're interested in, and, and there's
4: mm-hmm.
0: there's either playoff games or playoff uh, implications everywhere you every everywhere you turn, isn't there?
4: Yeah, there really is. Uh, and which is fun, you know. Um, it's 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 back to, you know, at that point, then every game plays like you know feels like a playoff game. Like this this Grinnell Fairfield game might as well be a playoff game, just like the last uh, fairfield washington game because if you lose your your chances of making the postseason are so dim um i mean i'm sure Grinnell's going to take their whole city to, to fairfield on friday night so well, um,
0: wobble is pretty close to your uh coverage isn't it yeah it's pretty close we we
4: don't technically cover them but we see them all the time because they play our most of our teams like in sports are in the super conference north division we yeah, that's the that's the division where we have the most uh, squads in i know they made
0: the playoffs i don't can't remember who they play do you remember Oh, no, I don't.
4: I saw it. They're they they got third right in the district.
0: I think they got the fourth spot.
4: Then they get the fourth spot, yeah. So they're probably playing somebody ranked. <laughs> That's about what I can tell. You know, usually when you get the fourth spot, then I mean, they're they're matching up against district champions, which is usually the ranked teams. So um, I don't know who they got.
0: All right, well, stick around. I'm gonna I'm gonna just keep uh, talking to some media and putting it all together for a little playoff preview picture. Uh, Andy Krutzinger of the Southeast Isle Union. Thanks for being with us.